Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black, and joining me this evening, we've got John Anderson. Good evening, John. Good evening. In the waiting room, and, and you can't see him right now, is he in here? He looked like <laughs> he's waving at us. He looked like he was about to go for a pee. So, Ian, if you want to go for a pee, do you need a pee? Give me a thumbs up if you do. Blink twice if you're... If, <laughs> no, he's good. I'm, I'm going to admit Ian. Good evening, Ian. Hey. hey, hello. No, you look slightly startled when you, you came in as the theme tune was playing and, and you looked like you were going to go off and get something. I was being called on by by the missus in the kitchen. And Does she like, need you? Um, not, uh, not particularly. That's fine. We can carry on. I don't on. think she really needs me. Does anyone truly need anyone? You know, <laughs> this is, it's, a, it's a very French Existential question, question to yeah. start the evening. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we're pre-France week. Uh, that game is going ahead, so we don't have to discuss, go into great details on that, although we may um, touch upon details of that later on in the podcast. We are still, as we are recording this, waiting on the outcome of Xander Ferguson's appeal against his red card. Uh, or the appeal against the appeal against the red card, it should it should be. So we're still waiting for that. Um, we've so got far. lots of people in the comments. We've got um, Brian Scrooge says, free Xander. Uh, Alan McDonald says, Zan- hashtag Zanbags is innocent. <laughs> hashtag justice for Zander. Is is, well, we'll get on to that as well, no doubt. Um, Someone so was suggesting we- that his, uh, it's, it's, po- it's possible that his hearing is going to last longer than his ban. <laughs> I, I, made a, I made a joke that he was uh, his, his, his child will make a debut for Scotland <laughs> before he's, we get the outcome of the ban. Probably things like rollerball, some violent future sport. Do you remember when it was the before the quarterfinal, that quarterfinal against Australia, and it was um, Johnny Gray and Ross Ford had both yeah, been um, had been cited, and we were waiting on justice for those two. And I remember that it was really late at night when that came through. I was sitting up, uh, and I remember it was the pen in particular. Was it just kept me going all night with some absolute cracking one-liners regarding that. So um, hopefully we're not in a like finishing up at three in the morning job tonight for Xander. That's a day and a half now. I was saying at this stage, given that there's there's going to be billable hours involved from a barrister, we must be getting towards what Mark Dodson's salary plus bonuses at this stage <laughs> in terms of the amount we're paying a barrister. <laughs> I just think that the disciplinary committee, their um, their delivery driver, is taking particularly long to get. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an email saying your delivery's twenty minutes late, mate. You can so, order. You can order groceries through Uber Eats. I think. Okay. So maybe someone sent the biscuits direct. Sanders on the Uber Eats Ooh, sent to the wrong address. Nice. Or if your order items is unavailable, please call it. <laughs> We've substituted the biscuits for, for, for cream crackers with no cheese. Xander's now banned for 52 weeks. We'll, we'll come on to that later in the later in the show, no doubt. Um, don't forget you can follow us and watch us live. We're live on YouTube uh, and Twitch and Twitter right now at the minute. Um, you can also download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and all other good podcast apps. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts and leave us a little review, um, we haven't had any this week, which is good because we haven't had any bad ones. 
that's what we're trying to avoid. Uh, but if you want to leave us a little five-star review on there, we will read it out uh, on the podcast. You can also sign up for our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, uh, for £3 a month, you get onto the Richie Vernon Thunderdome, and that will get you access to exclusive content and uh, ad-free versions of the podcast. And at the minute, John and I and Ian and whoever's free are doing little kind of mini only Finns podcasts when the teams are announced during the Six Nations, just to have a wee chat about that. Um, uh, so they're good fun. There's lots of stuff already on there that's worth catching up with. If you pay £5 a month or more, which you can choose to do, then you get into the uh, Dougie Donnelly Members Lounge. And if you're in the Dougie Donnelly Members Lounge, you get well looked after, but you also get your name read out on the podcast. So we've had nobody admitted. It's very exclusive club. No one's been admitted this week, although we have had a couple new entrants to the uh, the heat, the heated venue that is the Richie Vernon Thunderdome. So, so we welcome you all. Um, we are also brought to you in partnership with Manscaped. Um, this bit of the podcast does not take 14 minutes, as someone told me the other day. We only talk about this very briefly, uh, but we are we are sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, if you go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby, you can get 20% off plus free shipping on any of their products. Um, so we've got, um, I've got some examples here. You can have, this is the, the weed whacker. Um, I wouldn't recommend using it on actual weeds because you'll be there all day, but it's it's for going up your nose and your ears. Um, it's it's very, I will say that's very efficient. And you can angle it, and it's quite—I quite like it. It didn't pull as much as my previous little nose hair trimmer. It's—it's it's not much use for me on one nostril because my my nose is kind of smashed. Um, <laughs> like the left nostril is, is goosed, so it's—it's it's not very accurate for getting in there. Are you, um, are you saying there's uh, a niche here? For... Do we need to? I was going to say, do we need some design feedback for rugby players with with smashed yep. noses? Uh, yes, and also. Um, with the uh, well, seen as the barbers, I mean, this is obviously no issue for John. Uh, but as barber shops going to be shut till the April twenty sixth, uh, we get sent we get sent new blades with the the eau de toilette. We did, yes, um, <laughs> yeah. Which I, I've not put the new blade on yet, so I think I may have to shave my head with the new blade. Yes. Well, well so this is what, what Ian's talking about. We get this. This is the um, it's called the full kit you get off there as well. So you get a. Uh, your personal groomer, which you can use on your face. I have used it for, your, for, for long hairs on your face. Maybe not full beard, but it's good for a wee trimmer. But it's, you use it down below. It's very gentle. Uh, in the kit, you also get you get some um, crop reviver, which is ball toner. Top-notch stuff. That's, Top -notch my, stuff. that's my, my go-to. And some crop, crop preserver, which is ball deodorant. So leaving you smelling really nice and fresh downstairs. So, yeah, you know, we're coming out of lockdown. You want to get yourself looking nice and fresh for the ladies or gentlemen. I mean, you'll be, it's been a while for some of you locked up alone and you want to make a good impression. So that's what you need to do. Go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby. Get 20% off. Make yourself look presentable. Uh, for the ladies and gentlemen, when you come out of lockdown, um, well, if you look presentable from the waist down, I mean, <laughs> upwards—that's that's your issue, man. You know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if you're married, you know, and you you just want to give give your wife a little surprise, or husband, or partner, <laughs> you know, I, there's that as well. I can't, the, no, you got to cut the name in <laughs> what? initials. No. How hairy are you? <laughs> just... 
<laughs> I think I think he's more referring. I think to at this point you probably need to stop. My mother listens to this podcast. So let's move on. Yes, I, that's why I like restrained myself from saying anything there. I'm pleased you restrained yourself under uh, unlike last week. <laughs> we'll have no we'll have no Xander slander this early in the podcast. Oh, here. yes, thank you. Oh, I've, I've got plenty lined up. <laughs> um, so, um, bit of news this week. Um, and we'll go through that first, and then we'll get on to the game itself. Uh, so the European champ- European rugby is still happening, apparently. People are still playing rugby, domestic rugby and European rugby. So um, the European Champions and Challenge Cup knockout schedule has been revealed. Um, Glasgow and Embra are through to the knockout stages, uh, despite not really seeming to have played many games. I think because no- they played once, didn't they? Yeah. They pummeled off Exeter. And have somehow made it through the last 16. Shows how rubbish the Challenge Cup is, which kind of puts in context Edinburgh's previous efforts. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was waiting for that. I need to get you, I need to get you an Ember Klaxon, John. <laughs> We've got the Wolf Klaxon here. That's, uh, that's the Challenge Cup, which has been won by pre, uh, current Glasgow Warriors coach Danny Wilson. Thank you very yes. much. So we'll, uh, we'll yes. have a list of that, John. Yeah. Yeah, but that was when he was with those 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 blue people doing, doing in the. Uh, the, the Cardiff town, so we're not having none of that. So the schedule's been revealed anyway. Um, there's probably, given the way things are going, there's probably more of a chance of that happening now. So that's going to take, well, the draw for competitions will take place on the 9th of March and the matches are going to be played on the 2nd to 4th of April. So um, there's a, unless everybody in, in various teams gets struck down with COVID, and there's a fair prospect of those going ahead. Uh, the SRU have confirmed that the last two get surprise, surprise. And this shocked me, actually, that the last two games um, of the Six Nations at Murrayfield, there's going to be no fans there. Who who could have known? Who'd have thunk it? I, I know. I mean, certainly not those people that forked out a fortune uh, for those uh, Murrayfield passes. <laughs> how much? How much were those Murrayfield passes? Because I've, I've never I had. I don't a... think they were an awful lot. I think was it forty no, no. quid or something. Forty quid for the Richie Gray package. And I like, was a wee bit annoyed at the like when I forked out fifty five quid to have um, me and me, me and John's good personal friend uh, Andrew. Um, like we could get our names put on a board at, at Scotston. I was like, these don't seem like a guys who've paid 55 quid for hee-haw just to have their name on a board. It's on a small advertising board. And they've not even <laughs> sent us a picture of it. I saw Andy's name in it. Like Andy's name did happen to be on it, on the, the one picture I've seen. But the rest of us were like, all right, how do I know my name is there? It's not like I've got a particularly long name. What can I, we, I think we need, to, we need to make a request now. Can we... Um... Can we we need photographic evidence from the Glasgow Warriors media team that Ian and John's names are actually on that board somewhere? Oh, John's wouldn't be. John, no. I, I did not. The media Titan. departments don't like us enough already. I don't think we should go push them again. Well, I was going to suggest you go to Scotsdale and just jump over the fence, mate, and go and check it out. So, um, yeah. But they probably wouldn't like that either. No, it was after the hills. That's what the memberships were called. They were named after hills, weren't they? Aye, and we changed it to second rows. That's <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I don't think there were that. I don't think there was. There was the Nevis and the Macadoo membership, wasn't there? Yep. Or spent... I like to call it the Macadoo because it sounds funny. <laughs> sounds funny. <laughs> um, sounds like a funny dance. I don't think it was significant amounts of money, but anyway, all all those people are going to be 
fairly up. But they got the name on the wall of the Murrayfield of the tunnel at Murrayfield that nobody will ever see. But you know, fair play. <laughs> well, apparently, I think um, I I know a few people who have those memberships, and they said they'd been sent a, a picture if, if they asked for it. They could be sent a picture of where their name oh, is on, on those walls. That has not been offered to us Glasgow Warriors fans, um, possibly because Scotland's about to collapse. <laughs> It's pretty windy up here just now, actually. To be yeah. fair. Leaking roof. I got woken um, up at seven o'clock yesterday by um, the sound of drinking. In the morning? Yes. <laughs> worth clarifying. Just to what is worth clarifying. Yeah. Well, depends what time zone you're in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, God, that's leaking now. Um, yeah, so we have some leaky roof issues. There's someone meant to be coming around tomorrow to check it again but there's been like five of them out in the last year and they go and they, all you do is you get a factors bill through going i we fixed your roof you're like no you effing haven't <laughs> if anyone knows a good roofer the email is podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk yes. and we'll get in touch one who doesn't you- like leave um broken tiles on the roof and apparently uh one of our uh residents uh, he went on the roof himself and he said, yeah, there's like old satellite dishes that they haven't bothered taking down and loads of broken tiles. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So trace people. Maybe it's, it's, what's the name of, maybe the, um, maybe it's like, maybe it's not satellite dishes. Maybe it's like the film Batteries Not Included. And they're just, <laughs> oh, I love that they're dead, dead baby aliens on your roof. <laughs> <theme. laughs> what? No. <laughs> That's tragic. And they were left there by Xander Fagerson. <laughs> <laughs> left to die. Um, anyway, well, let's move on. Um, other news. Kelly Brown's leaving Glasgow Warriors, which was a bit of a surprise, but I have to say it was uh, wonderful to see how honest he was about the reason. He's really honest and open that his family just haven't settled in Glasgow, understandably, because it's been locked down. He's been given a job opportunity down in London, yep. which is presumably Saracens or... Yep. So he's going to be coaching at some rich school somewhere. As, as soon as uh, it was mentioned that there was going to be a bit of a coaching reshuffle at Saracens, Kelly Brown's name was immediately brought up and the Glasgow forums were all very alive with the idea that Kelly might be on his way. Um, so it wasn't a huge surprise to see it confirmed. But again, you know, fair play to him being completely forthright about it, you know. Family's family's not settled, but his life was down south for many many years. So you know, fair play to him, and off he goes. We don't often see it, do we? You know, like that kind of honesty in a press release that can normally be like, oh, it's another opportunity, and off I go. But like to be kind of fairly open that the family haven't settled, and that's why he's moving on. It's quite refreshing, really. Um, yeah, definitely very. Kind of, you know, glad. Well, I'm obviously sad to see him go, but he has his reasons. It's the same with uh, like Jake Ball moving from Wales back to Australia because yep. he's he's not even seen his one of his uh, kids now I believe. Um yeah, it's like over a year. Yeah. Um and obviously you know this current state of affairs is not conducive to sort of family living as such, especially if you're away from people. Um I mean I mean it's it's a bit of a shame to see him go. Uh, I just wonder what incidental benefits Nigel Ray has offered him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's move on again. We still no still no update on uh, Xander Ferguson's uh, <coughs> Zandvan. Um, hopefully, more news of that as we come. Um, Nick Haining has signed an Ember contract extension. Um, 
Edinburgh Rugby owe us some money now because they um they, they put a, a photograph of Billy Elliot on the announcement that he signed the contract extension. That's after we um edited his Wikipedia <laughs> page and the but and we... someone in the I edited his Wikipedia. I was trying <laughs> to give the, a share. The Royal I edited his Wikipedia page. Said he was a, a ballet prodigy in as a youngster, and then that got repeated in in a couple of um, fairly major newspapers. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, it's nice to see them carrying on with the, the joke. If if it's anything like the other, the other media outlet that stole one of my jokes, they at least coughed up forty quid for the. Uh, <laughs> You got 40 quid for a picture. I got 70 quid for like 10 hours work. Hey, I don't make the rules, Ian. Um, <laughs> check, you, check you guys getting getting measures, measuring it out. Calm your beans, guys. Also, like, uh, I, would, I would like to find uh, out. Like, an hour's Nick, work, guys. An hour's work. That's all I'm going to say it was. Nick, it wasn't Nick even Hearings. an hour's work. Mine wasn't even an hour's work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I travelled for longer to get down south to do my work, but uh, and the abuse I took after it probably well, was. To be fair, that's. Many. Yeah. That was danger about, money uh, done. <laughs> Nick Caring's pal, who or or Nick Caring, who had said that it was his pal who had updated yeah. Wikipedia, has Nick discovered that this pal is a lying swine? Yeah, <laughs> total, total fake news. Yeah, um, I don't think there's any other big news coming out outside of kind of the Scotland France match, which will come on to. There's not not really any, any, anything from either of you, Ian. You look like you're going to say uh, something. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, Glasgow kids have been signed. Yep. Um, of course, yes. Ollie Smith, Rufus McLean. Uh, I think those are the only two that have those signed two, yeah. control contracts for the first time. Um, yep. Ollie Smith's was in particular very creatively done because they, 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 they sort of teased it earlier on today with... Um, spot our most recent signing in the crowd and it was a picture of the the, the um the pro 12 win um and every, like lots of people obviously hadn't clicked that they were saying this is a person who's in the crowd somewhere and they were going oh look oh it's richie vernon at 13 oh dth at 14 oh, oh it might be so oh, is mark bennett coming back it's like he's not even in the picture guys come on seriously but um <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, young Ollie Smith was uh, in the picture, and Glasgow very helpfully using the the wonder of Microsoft Paint uh, circled Ollie for us in a, in a, a later tweet. Of course, Are you guys? It, uh, uh, well, the the mini Murrayfield that's that's now finished. That's also big news, isn't it? I covered that last week, didn't we? Did that, that last week? week. You yeah, were here. I know, but I don't pay attention. <laughs> you were too busy focused on slandering Xander Ferguson and accusing you know, him of mass murder. Do you don't yeah. remember I put up a picture of a gazebo, mate? Oh, I, I do vaguely now. But, you know, <laughs> all the days blend into one. You know. <laughs> they do, I know. The sooner we can get you outside for some fresh air, Ian, the better. I, I went for a walk the other day. Um, <laughs> it, it's the outside. It's I, I, I noticed it wasn't quite like that Cormac McCarthy book, The Road. Um, so, no. so I, I got home safe, um, and I didn't have a shopping trolley. Like, if anyone's not read or seen the movie The Road, you will have no idea what's going on here. But yeah, it's it's pretty bleak. Um, yeah, it's it's not a lockdown three read. That's all I'm going to say. It's, I mean, pretty much. I mean, to be fair, every walk I do with the kids at the minute descends into the road. <laughs> push my buttons that much. <laughs> Went on a walk today, went down the pond, and there were, um, it's mating Horse season for the frogs. No, it's mating season <laughs> for the frogs. There was a, there was a, 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 a froggy. A fro- 
<laughs> oh. oh, somebody who messaged about it said it was a uh, frog's pawn. I like that. A froggy, yeah. There's a froggy down by the pond, so I had to explain there's, that. There's a bit that of was a, fun. Maybe a maybe a Patreon special regarding um wild, wildlife. Um I don't know how we're gonna relate it to like rugby in any way, shape or form, but I have a, a quite um uncanny knowledge of ducks now. I've been learning a lot about ducks recently. Did you did you see that article I'd shared on uh our dear friend Rona Sweeting's Facebook comment um, about the Ig Nobel Prize of 2004, I think it was, where a Dutch scientist had uh, watched a duck as he's doing his scientific work. A duck flew into the window, then dropped down dead. And then he proceeded to watch it, both mallards. Uh, a mallard had ploughed into the wall, uh, dropped down dead, and then another mallard. Uh, had his wicked way with it. So if you if you hadn't went down that route, I was going to suggest that the Mallard was simply playing Warren Gatlin ball. No, but... that ma- that Mallard was Andrew Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, ducks 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 are horrible. Ducks it was are... Xander all along. There's a that's a one division yeah. reference. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Sand get some rugby talked about, Cammy, quickly. Yeah. Let's move on. So we've not got much. We've not got. Hey, look, we've not got loads to talk about this week. There was no rugby. Well, there was. Let, do you want to talk about the rugby at the weekend? Was the uh, rugby at the weekend? Oh, it, there was, but I mean, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. As kind of the summary we came up with. Is that true? Is that right, John? Are we sure it wasn't as bad as it could have been? Mm, I mean, John, go on. Give me, give me two positives from the Glasgow game. Um, we could have been pumped a lot more. And um, the commentary team were not as goaty as I thought they would be. Okay, Ian, I would say positives from that, like because Ulster have been so effective at um, all attack. What was Dan McFarland's in charge there? Uh, and they put like when they put like fifty points on Edinburgh, they scored I think five or six tries off the back of Mulls. Yep. Um But we, Richie Gray, Leon Nakarawa, and Rob Harley. Um, in that mall defence, Glasgow did a really damn good job of trying to stop them, and it was only like Jamie Dobie had a pretty good game. Um, it's just when he threw that intercept pass, which uh, ended up with Michael Lowry scoring a really good try for Ulster, that killed us. Um, so Glasgow weren't as horrific defending as they had been previously. Uh, so, you know, that's a bonus. And also, like I said uh, in my match report, Richie Gray really is a damn good player. Now that he's mm-hmm. back fit, you see him like, he's so good ever. Like, not just the lineup presence, obviously, but he he shifts for a guy of his size. He gets about, he puts his tackles in, he hits breaks down. You know, I don't know what they feed those grey boys, but those those lads <laughs> just work, work, work all the time. Um He's lost. He's, he's shifted a bit of beef as well since coming back for France as well. He's looking much leaner, and that seems to suit him quite well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely, he's um, he's he's looking again like I think it's unfair to compare. You know, with obviously in his in his pomp when he was a lion and all all that, but he's starting to look. He's looking like a smarter player than that as well. Which he's kind of he's still got all that kind of 
um, all that talent, all that ball playing ability that he had, obviously with the technical the line out special specialities and stuff like that. But then you add in, he just seems like a, a more clever player these days, which is is really useful. I mean, he's only thirty one. Actually, looking yeah. at it, you forget that because he was around for when he was so young. So thirty one <clears throat> within this World Cup cycle, I think it probably takes him to thirty four, thirty five. Come. The next 30, World 30, Cup. 33, even. 33, 34, yeah. 33, 34, which isn't, you know, given, given he's had injuries, he's, you know, he's having his game time managed now. It's not, I think we all see him as this veteran who's kind of just plugging a gap for Scotland, but actually he can do a real job there for yeah. Scotland for, you know, for the remainder of, this, of the cycle right through to the World Cup, if, if he keeps fit and if he keeps going the way he's going. Especially if you look at Alan Wynne-Jones. You know, who's older than Richie Gray would be Alan Jones is older now than Richie Gray could potentially be. Um so I think for you know, for a second row, uh yeah, I mean he, he doesn't rely on pace. So I, I don't see why he couldn't. Um obviously he's gonna have his wee brother and Scott Cummings, um, particularly to try and shove it away, but there's absolutely no reason whatsoever why Richie Gray can't still play could, at international level. You could make an argument to say that Alwyn Jones is the only thing that's lasted longer than Xander Figerson's trial. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing of Adam Hastings, maybe a bit of a surprise that he was back at the weekend because it's kind of rumoured, I think, that he's, um, we'd seen him in camp with Scotland, but did okay, I thought. He didn't do much wrong. It was a good kind of... He said himself he was quite nervous going out again, Ian. Uh, well, I've, uh, I've, I've, it just seems to be a constant with with certain people on certain forums that they just want to pillory Adam Hastings either for the fact that he's you know he's only in the team because of his his parentage, um, or or he's he's absolutely tough. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't think he was that bad the other day. And then I made my little suggestion about how we could get some cats at the rave back going. Uh-huh. Um, and because well, like, who else do we have that could possibly come in and play at 12? Apart from Sam Johnson, who is also still coming back from injury. Matt Scott, who Townsend doesn't seem to fancy. Um, because he wants a, he wants a second playmaker at 12. So, you know, I, I mean... Why can't we have the cats that are like... Yeah, I mean, this is, I know we're kind of skipping ahead, but that's why I think as an option, he offers more than Jakob van der Volt. And, and it's not, I'm not comparing them like for like as players, but just in terms of the, you look at the wider story within that, the Scotland 23, and he can cover fullback and he comes in at 10. I think even like with the Georgia game, he, he shifted up to 12 and Finn covered. You can cover both, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it was good. It was great to see him back. And as you say, I mean, I think people were very unfair on him because you know, if you've anyone who's had three months off their work and then been thrown in on a Monday morning and had to survive that, will know fine well that it is brutal. And when you add in that you're up against a very, very physical Ulster team who have been going pretty good guns, I thought he'd done okay. Um, he was certainly rusty. And but there was the flashes of what you get with Hastings. Hastings is a very different player to to Russell. He's much more. He's more more direct. He's more likely to run the ball, um, which 
keeps you know keeps defences honest. And um, I think there is an argument for certainly for some part of the the, the game, which we'll cover. There is an argument for that 10-12, him and, him and Russell. But um, I think it's just great. You know, it's funny how, in fact, I'm going to save it for hands in the ruck. Let's let's leave it there. I'll save it for hands in the ruck. Okay. And uh, the other game then, Ember Munster, because if I don't mention it, I'll get accused of Glasgow bias. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of people kind of calling for, um, not calling for Richard Cockrell's head as such, but kind of wondering whether or not um you know he's he you know whether ember are moving forward and i think it's it's worth remembering that we're in the middle of a pandemic and this is not a normal season i mean it's hard to muster any interest in the pro 14 at the best best of times <laughs> given that it's you know it's a it's effective a way for wales ireland and scotland to get their international players some game time in between the six nations the autumn <laughs> tests and the summer but you know, at the minute, oh god, it's it's so stop start and so you know meaningless. It seems so meaningless at the minute. I know it's hard. We're saying that with you know, I say that with the privilege of being. I don't really have any skim in the game with Glasgow or Edinburgh, but it just you know, I know that neither of them are doing particularly well. But it just what's the point? And there must be an element of that with the players as well. You would think, John. Yeah, I, th- I think because the because they changed the the conference system yet again, and because we're having the the, the Super Mario Cup in April, apparently when that's not going to happen, um, so it's the only the top two that are going through forward to the final that will get played, but even the full fixtures won't be completed by then. It's just a farce, right? It's just a complete farce. There isn't any like as you say, you know, it is hard to get excited about. It from a competitive standpoint, I'm go- I'm not going to use I'm not going to use Ian's phrase previously and say that the games are totally meaningless, but they are bordering on meaningless. Um, in that, like if they cancelled it tomorrow, nobody would actually be that bothered. Frankly, <laughs> like fine, you know, right, fine. Let's play some more. Let's play Edinburgh a few more times and just. You know, hopefully beat them a few times, then we can rub it in. Yeah, Ian, what was your take on that Ember game? Was it? I mean, do you think Ember kind of, you know, maybe heads are looking ahead to next season rather than being where they are at the minute, um, or where they should be? Yeah, well, I mean, now that we've now that the SRU have received that government grant, and it means that both Danny Wilson and Richard Cockroach are looking forward and have secured players on new contracts. Um, this season is, I mean, it, it always has been a bit of a busted flush. Um, I think people calling for Cockroach's head, if, I mean, I've, I've not seen that myself, but anyone who's calling for Cockroach to go should maybe just shut the hell up. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look at where Edinburgh were before he came in and where they are now, it's completely yeah. different. Um, statistically, I've looked at the, the Pro 14's official site and you know Glasgow and Edinburgh, like Glasgow, it's a weird thing about Glasgow, like Glasgow are like third in attacking stats overall, but it's just both teams are so far down in terms of uh, kicking and discipline and that's because we're all going on about how the kicking game is so important. Um, Edinburgh just... Outside of Jakob van der Waal, right, they don't have it. The, the Ch- Chamberlain 
whenever I've seen Chamberlain playing, like you can see he's trying to like throw a pass out here, but they just don't have that any cohesion whatsoever. Um, and then Pargos is putting up some really tough box kicks. Uh, you know they're they are struggling this season, um, and then they're they're suffering really bad injuries. Like Andrew Davidson had to go off in a stretcher the other day, which which looked really nasty. Um, but I think they're like. Both teams seem to... They're not playing hideously badly. <laughs> mm. But then they're just... At clutch points, they are defending yeah. like absolute school children and yeah. getting torn apart during little segments when they get themselves back in the game. It's particularly against Ulster, both uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow. Edinburgh, when Edinburgh got tanked off the of Ulster the other week, uh, about two months ago... They came back into the game and nearly equalised. Apart from, I think, uh, I think it was James Johnson was just offside as he went to chase down a, a kick that hit the post. They just need to tighten these things up. Yeah, it's very small margins, eh? And also, they're missing, like, even though like Edinburgh can call in guys like Crosby <coughs> and Miller, who we know are talented and have potential, they ain't getting game time. Um, but then also they're missing the, the big clutch players, the guys like Doohan who can make something out of nothing. And if you don't have, especially for Edinburgh, who rely on counter-attack uh, or just that, that, that couple of phases where they can just like turn it to one guy who can pummel through, that's what's killing them. They ain't getting the points. Yes. Um, I think it's like a cursed monkey pawn that you can't have good performances from the pro teams at the same time as the international teams doing okay. <laughs> well, Glasgow used to be able to do that when we had that ridiculously, <laughs> you know, a squad of outstanding sort of recruits. Yeah, we we basically but, had like you know if you, if you like on your if you basically enchant man went in and like cheated in the editor. <laughs> And like gave all your kids like ninety nine, hundred ninety nine potential, and then just watch them turn into a team of worldies, and then they all leave for Barcelona. Basically, you that you, you don't need the error. All you needed to do was uh, sign Tonton Zolo Makoku. Well, well, yes, yes, of course. That's um, right. But that's like, like Scotland. Uh, sorry, Glasgow. Back in the day, like, I've even seen. Uh, during Six Nations, Glasgow put out a team with likes of Nico, Josh Strauss, and all sorts. Um, and we get beat at home by dragons. Right? That does that shouldn't happen. Um, but <laughs> and it even shouldn't happen nowadays. Like it, it was just it was uh, Jason Tovey who ended up at no not no Jason. But I always get the Tovies mixed up. What one's Russell Tovey? What one's Jason no, Tovey? Jason Russell Tovey Tovey's, guy Russell Tovey's the actor. Right. Yeah. One Jason of them was the Edinburgh guy. Yeah, and he, he played out his skin. Um, but usually Glasgow could rely on your Strauss's, Matt Alalu, DTH, to see us through those periods. Now we don't have that. Well, and, and maybe, well, but maybe you're building to it. That seems to be where the kind of recruitment's gone in the last couple of weeks that there's going to be these players coming in that can fill that role it'll just be a question of whether they're going to be uh you know whether it's a another kind of duff you know southern hemisphere signing for glasgow one of the better ones so we just have to have to see yeah we really don't have a good record on new zealanders so um we, we need to we need to it's been a long time since we've had a good new zealander see actually look Corey flynn's 
seemed to start to come on to a game and oh. then get canned. His first few times out, he was absolutely muck. And you're like, this guy's a World Cup winner. Why I so judge Corey Flynn purely on his warm-up routine with him and Grant Stewart in in the stand, the main stand at Scotston, and honestly, he nearly took out the bloody Martha's um, thing. He was so far off his throws, it was hilarious. Okay. Like with a pair of them throwing darts, you're probably going to oh, lose an eye. Yeah, it was dangerous. Like there should have been health warnings. Big Brian <laughs> should have been putting out a health warning. His high vis vest at the start <laughs> of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, Shall we? There's still no news on Xander Ferguson as we record this. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping refreshing. I'm on I'm, the case, guys. I'm going to assume that what's going to happen is we're going to stop recording this and they're going to announce the outcome, and this podcast is going to be hideously out of date. Like and then we'll just go straight back on it. Just breaking news. Um, so it's France of the weekend. The game is on. That was confirmed today. Um, the French squad, up until now, had been dropping like. Um, coronavirus-ridden flies. Um, there were 10, play- one, 10 players at one point, I think, were out with coronavirus. I think it might be 11. It's the final total. Um, Fabien Galtier, the Fran- French head coach, uh, was um, the, one of the first to come down with it. Now, today, it's come out in the French press that although the French Rugby Union initially blamed a physio for <laughs> um, causing the outbreak... It was actually Fabian Gaultier himself who allegedly has broken the bubble. <laughs> what a merd bag. Yeah. Oh, he's in trouble. Gaultier's come along and he's bust the bubble. I can imagine I can only imagine something incredibly French, like he was off to see his mistress and he'll be forgiven <laughs> instantly by everyone in France. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is okay. He, he was off to have a sex with his mistress. Sh- and, uh, cigarettes, cigarettes with his, with the, in the boudoir. Smoking unfiltered galois. <laughs> <laughs> and we are all racists. <laughs> Xenophobic. Get it right, John. <laughs> and, and, Sc- and Scots law, it's the same thing. I can probably back up with that. Come ahead. Yeah. I think safe. we're okay because I think I think the, the 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 joke itself is based on the fact that it, I think it's still legal to take a mistress in France. <laughs> they and certainly I'm... have they certainly still have relaxed laws about incest. Let's say that. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I'm the one. It that was gets in, in the Guardian yesterday. the other week. I read it in the Guardian the other week. I took a turn. <laughs> 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 anyway, is that why Xander Fagers wants to go and play in France? Is that what Because oh, <laughs> he can take a mistress, Ian. Because he can take a mistress, you mean? Oh, come on, guys! Ah, <laughs> no man, you said it. What's a bone here? Come on, jeez! <laughs> I, I, I am putting out an official statement tomorrow, distancing myself from any comments you pair of me. Look, today. it's not, it's not our fault. We're just we look we're we're sorry, we're nothing to do but refresh Twitter feeds trying to find an update on his ban. <laughs> it's, Got to fill dead air somehow. It's, it's world rugby's fault. We'll, we'll send them the legal bill. Uh, breaking um, reports are surfacing that uh, 2018 Wimbledon semi-finals John Isner and Kevin Anderson are on the Six Nations committee assessing Xander Figerson's appeal. That was one of the ones that went on for about. <laughs> 
That's brilliant. Was that the, was that final set that finished? What was it? Fifty six. Yeah, it was. Oh. It, it, yeah, and it was Desner Mahu one that went on for about fourteen days. And it, and then they they didn't even give to get the poor sod another day's break. They're like that. Nah, I know. <laughs> It puts the the Japanese complaint at the 2015 World Cup about the you know, rest days. It puts that in context slightly, doesn't it? Like, oh yeah, he's got he's, he's only got four days. <laughs> you know, these guys played for four days. Right, I'm just, I'm just going to clarify something, just so we don't get sued. Adultery has not been a crime in France since 1975, but uh, the French court and a French court has ruled that it's okay to publicly promote infidelity. <laughs> <laughs> what? There you go. Like, it's a adultery is not adultery is not a crime at all, is it? Or uh, maybe it's it not isn't. a crime, or, or but it's not in France. I mean, it's it, I mean, it's frowned upon, obviously. <laughs> not in France, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> so there we go. Anyway, let's move on from French adultery laws. Um, Sean Edwards has been in charge this week, so we can expect the entire French squad to turn up confused and scared this week. I thought you were going to make a joke about adultery. Sean Edwards and the French squad there. No, we'd never make a joke about that, about Sean Edwards and adultery. He was was married to Heather Small from the M people. Was he really? Yeah. Wow. True story. He's got a child with Heather Small from M people. Mind blown. I'm not going to do it here, but... John, you know I'm quite good at like impressions. You, you like an impression, you do. I do. I, I, I do a pretty good Heather Small. I'm not doing it live though. What? We'll 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 we'll, we'll save that. We'll, we'll save that for the Patreons. <laughs> we'll make, uh, influx of five pounds a month. That's gonna, yeah. Right. We um, we'll get we'll get Ian to perform the entire of uh, entirety of what have you done today <laughs> to make yourself feel proud. <laughs> Um, okay, um, so yeah, so, so France then. It's a depleted French squad. At this stage, as we record, we don't know what Team Scotland are going to put out. We're recording Wednesday night. The squads, we think the squad's going to be announced tomorrow for Scotland, France, probably Friday. Um, it's a hard one to read, John. I mean, maybe expecting Adam Hastings back in the reckoning. Um, you know, we've had Rob Harley called up. I assume just in case the French called up a load of D two players to fight, so they'll <laughs> throw Rob Harley in there in the mix. But it's it's a difficult one to call because it's not it's not the France team that have been winning plaudits that we're going to end up playing on Sunday. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But it is it is a French team that should absolutely be treated with uh, the utmost respect because they've been in this situation before. Obviously, in the autumn, due to um, the French club rugby situation being utterly bonkers, they had to play the final of the Autumn Nations Cup with a very depleted squad. And they, I mean, fair enough, yeah, it was only England, but, you know, they still almost beat them, um, unlike us. But, so, I mean, playground rules suggest we should win. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I think Scotland's Scotland is going to be an interesting one. I think you you will see some changes. I think the 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 way that we'll play against France will be slightly different to to perhaps how we've we we sort of went with England. It was kind of shock and awe. We really went after them. 
with Wales, we started playing quite loose uh, and then obviously circumstances tightened us up a bit. But with France, it's going to be, I think we are going to try and really physically go after them. And that's why you're seeing guys like maybe Rob Parley coming in. You'll see Adam Hastings probably on the bench to kind of give that physical running game as well. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Sam Johnston there as well. Uh, he he was he was fantastic actually against Ulster. He carried so so well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him back as well. So I think it is interesting. But France are probably still favourites, and that's you know the the level of depth they have. They're probably still favourites, but we need to be you know if we're going to beat them in Paris. This is as good a chance as we're going to get. Yeah, I mean Ian, it's 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 definitely going to be a physical game. I think, and maybe Scotland have. I've stood up to that. I mean, even against Wales, you know, when with down to fourteen men, they were still, you know, winning the physical battle. Um, maybe Rob Harley's in there to kind of beast everybody in training this week. Uh, well, Harley, Harley, quite often gets called into the squad just a sort of training member. Yep. Um, and we know he can cover lock and back row. Um, I would, I wouldn't expect him to be in the twenty-three. Um. I think if you were going to call anyone in a 23 to call a lockback row, they would have, I don't know if it, you'd call it breaking protocol, but I know obviously there's there's issues around in calling up English players, but they would have pulled Sam Skinner in. Um, so I think Harley is there just for training purposes. Um, I don't know if it's maybe looking at line-out options, because we know Harley's a great line-out jumper. Uh, but I think it's right, France have got such a large player squad. Like a pool, like I think there's, they've probably got like at least three or four times the number of professionally contracted players as uh, compared to Scotland. So we know there's going to be a lot of quality in there, um, and it's just about dealing with those issues. Because we look at the last time we played France, we ended up with no ten. We had Pete Horn playing at ten, um, and and we were rank. It was it was our worst game uh, two years ago. We, we just fired no shots whatsoever. Um, John, this is, this is this was why I had said that I wouldn't. I I considered Russell and Hastings to be a, a ten twelve start because of the way France play and because we know how Sean Edwards likes to use a blitz defence. He can chip over the top or or try and be a bit you know bit bit cute round round that first pass area. Um, and France don't tend to run through the 10 12 channel. They don't mm. have like Bastro in that anymore. They will want to throw it a wee bit wide. You know, any any forward carries will usually come from the likes of uh, Greg Aldrit. Um, so, you know, the, they'll, they'll make the hard yards through the forwards where you expect forwards to meet them. But anything going through the backs would go wider or be waiting on something magical from Dupont. And obviously, we know Dupont. Uh, is out. Um, so I'm, I'm not m- massively terrified. I do think that, like I said, France obviously got so much strength and depth. They will put out a damn good side. Just maybe not as great as the first fifteen, which has mm. Dupont and Tamak and Olivon, uh, for example. Yeah. So it's not looking. Uh, all is not lost this weekend. And even even with a full strength side, and this may be, you know, they didn't they didn't look like world beaters against Ireland, John. 
I think for all that the, there are some individual players in France that are getting applauded, like Dupont and you know quite rightly Entmat when he's been fit, and even Jalabert, you know, as, as, as obviously they've got two very good, if not world class, tens in France at the minute. But it has to be said that you know they 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 didn't look kind of convincing against Ireland. Yeah, I think I think that is fair. I think that maybe the criticism. Um, of them was that, that so this French team does have that potential and I'm not going down the, the, the usual cliche of oh what, what French side's going to turn up it's not like that they're, they've got young players who if you get the right game plan against them they can struggle and Ireland have going to annoy all our Irish listeners here, but I don't mind. Ireland have a game plan that drags teams down to their level. I don't think Ireland are actually that great, to be honest, and they drag teams down to their level, Um, and I think they've done that with France really well, and they've done that to us so much recently that it's infuriating, and it's probably why I'm making this hasty, uh, hasty statement, but I stand by it. This is the hell I'm going to die on. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I suppose, Ian, is the kicking game from Scotland is that you've got, I think, Doulan for Francis is still in the squad. He's not come down with COVID and his kicking's, his kicking's pretty decent for is. fullback. Oh, Doulan's down, I think. Dulan's is he down? Out, yeah. Oh, he's one of the it's, 11. Uh, it's usually uh, Tom, Tom, uh, Ramos. Ramos, I yeah. Fifteen yeah. recently, and he's got a thumper of a boot. Well, that's um, what I was going to say. So the the, the French, but from it's going to be interesting to see because that Scottish kicking game they tried it, they oh, did Boutier. it. Sorry, it's Boutier. Antoine Boutier is the guy that's with a it. massive boot on him. So Scotland did that kicking game very effectively against England. Didn't do it maybe as well as they had done against Wales, but it had some success with it. But I mean, it's going to be they're coming up against a team now with some very good, you know, despite the down to the kind of the, the bare bones, as it were, as much as France are back to the bare bones, they're going to almost come up against, you know, another very good kicking team. Yeah, particularly with Hogg, um, you know, we can thump, he can thump them from deep. Um, the only thing could possibly, well, the French, the French will know about Finn Russell because he's been tearing him to shreds week in, week out. <laughs> Uh, but again, this is always the thing with me. But something I say about Russell is that now that teams know how terrifying he can be, he uses that to his advantage. Yep. He's like, I can take it to the line, I might take it to the line, but I might not. I might just sit back here and then just put a B kick through. Okay. Um, and this is one of the great advantages of Finn Russell, who is one of the, the best tens in the world. Let's not be shy about it. You know, it's like him, uh, Paul Andra and uh, Intimac, but Intimac's out as well. Um, so we could use this to our advantage, I feel. Um, and like I said, with the way that France defend, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be blitzing. We saw the Dasha Graham try against Wales, to be at Ali Price had seen that and just gone, look, there's Lee Halfpenny, he's going to cover out that wing, expecting me to kick off my left foot. I'll just think over the top of my right. That was a treat. Um, so let, let's see how this goes. And I, I like I don't. Yeah, I mean, with France's halfback pairing, they they probably not had a lot of time together. 
Mm. Um, and also they've had to cancel training, so they, they've not been able to to blend this. You know, it could go either way. It could. I mean, I suppose the, the question then is, can Scotland show that ruthless streak that they failed to show mm. against Wales? This is an opportunity to come up against a team that's had minimal preparation, minimal time together, Scotland have had quite the opposite. They're a fairly settled starting 15. You've probably got a fairly settled squad. You've had people coming in, but not many significant injuries. Any other team would come and absolutely tear France apart for lack of preparation. And the big test for Scotland is whether they can do that, I suppose, John. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a crucial measure of where Scotland are actually at. Uh, in, in terms of our standing, we, we know we can beat teams on our day. We know we can um, put away, you know, Italy at home quite quite easily. But this is an oh, opportunity. Say that. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, well, I, I, look, the whole Italy thing, like, we haven't lost to Italy in quite some time, right? So let's we'll shove that to the side for just now. This is an opportunity to really go over there and... Similar to what Wales was in the autumn, that's an opportunity for us to go and put a lot of history to bed. And we won't get a better opportunity than this. There's no doubt in that. So if Scotland do get on the scoreboard early and start to maybe build a lead, they have to show that ruthlessness. They have to put their foot to the throat. See, one guy I would particularly target um, in the back... Like defending wise in the back line is Damien Pennell. Yeah. Um he's a wonderful finisher. Yep. But he's a defensive liability. He's, um, so, he's everything you want in a, he's, he's like the Tim Visser of French rugby. He, <laughs> he's everything you want in a finisher, but his defensive capabilities are oh, he's rank rotten. Well, I mean, they, they get they get pumped off England last year and for one of Johnny May's tries, he's just he's sauntering back. You're like, dude, that's mm. that's your man. You're you're meant to be chasing him and you're fast as hell. Go Damn. get him, but he's Swaggering back, like oh, I have a Galvez and a big Um Just, but, just, just to like take some of the heat off John for being racist there. Um, uh, but you know, we know he's going to be a threat going forward. Uh, but, I mean, as per usual, it's all going to be about the breakdown. And particularly, I think one thing is if we can stop uh, Greg Aldrich from getting over the gain line because he always makes it over the gain line. He he, he muscles yards out. Every time he carries, um, you know that's that's a big one for me. Uh, do, is, is Richie back in the squad? Is... Richie's back in the squad. I don't think he technically left. And uh, the announcement after the England game was it was only going to be one match. They thought he'd miss in the Wales game. But but um, they said that about George Horn in the autumn, and now he's had to go and get surgery. So uh, I think like, that was that was one massive thing we missed last week. Was like we brought Blade Thompson in. Uh, probably, I, I thought to dominate set pieces, particularly because he's a good lineup jumper. Uh, he's like the Wales back row last week was actually quite small, um, so I thought right if we can crush them at set piece time, that'll be a big difference. But then George Turner need Blade Thompson in the head within about ten minutes, so uh, so Blade had to go off, and we end up having to reshuffle with Gary Graham, who I mean he's been playing eight for Newcastle this year, but. I mean, when he first got in the Scotland squad, he was playing at seven. Um, yep. So he's one of these kind of all-round <coughs> back rows. And then 
you know, he's he just him and Matt Fagerson give away like five penalties within the space of about ten minutes of match time, uh, either side of half time, and that's what eventually burst us. So we're interested to see what the the back row setup is for this week. Yeah, um, and hopefully we'll we'll know tomorrow. Um, any more for the French game before we move on? No, I think I think we just we we need to be we need to be confident going over there that you know we've got we've got the players we've got the settled squad as you rightly say. Let's forget about what France are doing. I think that'll be the message that Gregor will be putting to the guys. We don't really live, you know, you you know yourselves having played well, you've you've certainly played Cami, but you know, you, you, you watch opposition teams arrive and you you watch them walking past you as you're warming up and going, Oh bloody hell, he's a big boy. Oh, oh right, oh right. You know, you, there'll be none of that. Gregor will be saying, Let's focus on our game and um Scotland certainly have the have the weapons to put France away. Uh, this weekend, and uh, I'm just glad it's going ahead. I'm quite excited about it. Should be a good game. Yeah. The only th- other thing I'd say is uh, wing option. We know Duhan's going to start on 11, but who's who's going to play on the right? Will it be Sean? It's the or, Prince or, of Hoik, Ian Darcy. Darcy. Who would I think he would? The, the, I think he would have started against England. Yeah. If. If, if he'd been able to start against England, but we know he was out for personal reasons that first week. Mm. Um, but then so, Maitland, thing though, Maitland, whenever Maitland comes in, even despite his assholey behaviour for the Barbarians, then, <laughs> man, that, that guy is just a class, class player. He is, but he probably works more as a bench option than Darcy. So you start with Darcy and you can bring Maitland on to cover the back three. Yeah, Or you can stuck Hugh Jones on. Because he he can, I mean, like for well, example, if Hogg goes down or if Harris or whoever's playing at twelve, you know that Jonesy can step in. Or what we could see, which no one's ever suggested, and we've seen this for Glasgow, Hogg's played thirteen a good few times for Glasgow. I mean, one of his first games oh. got a hat trick against Munster playing at thirteen. I'm I'm I'd rather I'd rather have him at thirteen than ten. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna kid on like I have not heard any of this chat. You guys just got blanked out there. I am not having Hog at thirteen. I'm already I'm still in therapy about Hog at ten, so like <laughs> don't don't start me on this guys. Put him at twelve. Okay, before before John has a breakdown, let's move on. We're gonna do we're gonna move on, we're gonna do this now. Yes, it's hands in the rockets or any other business section of the podcast. We are still waiting on um, an update on Xander Ferguson's red card. That was everybody's hands in the rock on our super secret Facebook group from uh, our patrons this week. So um, we, 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 we will carry on refreshing as we do this section of the podcast. Um, it seems utterly ridiculous that we don't have an update, but there we are. That's where we are at the minute. John, I'll go to you first. What's your hands in the rock this yeah, week? So, so I was about to start, and it was when we were talking about Adam Hastings, and I managed to just zen myself for a second to save it for hands in the rock. So the reaction to Adam Hastings' return for Glasgow this weekend, 
uh, and subsequent recall to the Scotland squad. If anyone had said after that game in Wales, where we lost both our fly halves to potentially Six Nations ending injuries, if anyone had said to you, see by game three, you'll have both Finn and Adam Hastings available fit and you know they'll have had some game time behind them. Every single person would have chewed your hand off, your shoulder off, probably, you know, would have been halfway down your torso before they got full. It's ridiculous that people are like, oh, well, he's, uh, we need Jacko, we need... Adam Hastings is the second best fly half we have. He 100% would have been in the squad had he not been injured. He is now not injured. He's now back in the squad. It makes perfect sense. People need to realise that we're actually really, we've been really lucky at this time, you know. Uh, Scotland often aren't that lucky with injuries. This time we've got really lucky and we've got both our first choice fly halves back. Yay! Good thing. Not for Scotland fans though. It's interesting. I mean, we don't see, obviously we, we don't get to see the Scotland players training. I mean, you still have the fans open days where they'd run through a few drills and stuff. We don't see the training week in, week out. And, you know, one of the things Townsend talked about with Chris Harris, for example, was how well he showed up in training. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing to me, if you compare in Adam Hastings and Jakob van der Volt, is that van der Volt hasn't got on the pitch in the first two games of the Six Nations, despite being on the bench. So he's obviously there for injury cover. Yes. But he's not seen as someone who should be kind of brought on the pitch to see the match out. He's not seen as a, a finisher. What they call finishers in England? Is that what the England school call them? Finishers. He's not seen as somebody, a, a replacement that should be brought onto the, they can bring her on the pitch and, and change a game. Adam Hastings, on the other hand, I, th- I can't think of a time, and I'm sure somebody will tell me that it happened at some point. But I don't think it has. I can't think of a time when Adam Hastings has been left on the bench for Scotland. And part of that's been done injuries, but I don't think there's ever been a time when there hasn't been injuries that he hasn't come on either at 10 and Russell's shifted out to 12 or he's gone at full back or he he's somebody that can come on late in a game and make things happen. We haven't seen enough of Yako, I think, to know that that can't happen, but or there's obviously something telling the coaches in training that, that it's unlikely to happen and he's, he's really only there to cover injury in. Am I being unfair? Is that, I don't want to be accused of, of Ember bias, even though I don't really care. I don't really have much care time for either pro team. <laughs> no, um, when when Yako was called into the Scotland squad and started against Ireland, like Townsend made it like succinctly clear during his performances. Um, the reason he picks Yako is because Yako is an excellent uh, defensive ten, and we know that Yako is. You know, he, he's not he's not a Finn Russell or Adam Hastings. He's a he's a kicking ten. He's a sort of Ogara style of ten. You know, he, he's one who's going to he'll make you territory by kicking at corners and what have you. But like you said, he's not going to if you bring him on with twenty minutes to go, he's not going to change a game with a with a wee moment of magic. He's not going to do a Tony flip or anything. You know, um, uh, whereas Hastings. Um, Hastings Russell can do that. Hastings a couple of years ago when he'd won the Young Player of the Year in the Pro Pro Fourteen, he'd also been he'd broken more tackles than any other player in the league, and that includes the likes of Duhan van der Merwe, right? So I mean, you know this guy has a wee bit of swagger. You know he can take it to the line. You know he can beat defenders. 
and especially with defences the way they are now, that's what you can and that's especially with the way Scotland play, that's what we need that's what we want, that's what Townsend wants yep. it's just then about who plays outside Oh, who's he's our damn bigger is what someone's suggesting for Yako Yako, yeah, aye, precisely Yeah, he's, he's a, a rog or a damn bigger I think this um, is really unfair on Yako. I think we all need to wash our mouths out there. He is not our Dan Bigger. Dan Bigger is a horrible <laughs> human being. Yako's a lovely man. Uh, it's more in terms of pitch wise rather than. Can, know, we, can we just say Yako? Like, so is Nagaro actually. He's a horrible man as well. Can we just say Yako is our, our new Duncan Weir? Yeah, I think we could say that much. That's fine. Good. We're not comparing him to any Welsh or uh, Irish former or present tens in any way shape or form who moan at referees you might as well go full full hog and just say oh he's out on his horrible horrible people don't say that. <laughs> mean. i'm sorry yeah, your, your name your name isn't up on the the comments so we don't know who, who is it that's actually I don't know what, what they, i'm said they, they've been commenting from the super secret facebook page because that doesn't tell us who they are you see when they comment from the super oh, secret facebook page all right okay okay do we have anyone user do we have sorry, anyone on twitch calling us arseholes yet not yet no oh. no that normally happens towards the last 20 minutes when some america the americans wake up and <laughs> start trolling twitch to try and abuse us <laughs> Give me some crispy rugby facts. I like that guy. He's not been back, though. Oh. <laughs> was that guy? Do you know what's a guy? I don't know. I say guy in just a generic person kind of way. Um, Ian, what's at his hands in your rock this week? Um, mine was actually similar to John's because we, we hadn't really discussed it before. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so when I kind of facetiously mentioned that we should get the, you know, the cats at a rave back, one person on the Scottish Rugby Forum uh, decided that he should call Adam Hastings. Uh, I don't think he called him a traitor, but uh, there's a there was a lot of swearing in this, right? So this dude said that why should we pick someone who's decided he wants to f off down south? He's a wee effort, and then I was accused of being mentally deficient for even suggesting it. Uh, and you're like, oh, well, my my whole point was, who else do we have to play twelve at the moment? Like Johnson, Sam Johnson, who you know, like everyone who listens to us frequently knows that I'm a big fan of Sam Johnson, and yes, I would love him to come back in, but is he? He's not. He's not fully up to match speed because he's been injured. Well, neither is Adam Hastings, right? But if you've got a bit of Finn and Finn and Hastings together. I think that would work against this French team. Um, mm. And when I, I... I tried to explain my point coherently and going, this is why I want this. I know it's a bit mad, but it might work. And then every, everyone else who comes in flying in goes, ah, but Finn Russell's not a 12. Well, the first few times that Finn Russell played for Glasgow, he played at 12. Um, even one of my my friends, who's a, who is a like officially certified SRU coach, uh, who might have played with Duncan Weir uh, at Camus Lang and also he's a big Duncan Weir fan he, he said to me years ago Finn Russell is not a 10 he's a 12 I was like I think we'll we'll find out different <laughs> <laughs> obviously he backed down from that but when they're going like, people were arguing with me or, or well people who called me rude words like my point is Finn Russell can do both positions mm-hmm. to a degree better than 
the other options. And that was my point. Right, it's, so. Yeah, and I think that's the, one of the things that the coach, when you ever kind of they have the defensive coaches up for talking about the team in, in the press conferences, they always speak really highly, actually, of Finn Russell's defensive work and the tackles that he puts in. If you watch him, he puts in some big hits on the field. He gets, he hits his rucks, he secures ball, he does all that work that isn't, it's not normal for a 10 to do it. And I think that's that's the 12 in him, right? Doing that and kind of doing his defensive duties. And what we look for, in a, what, what Townsend I think has always looked for in a 12 is someone that can pass and kick. And you've maybe not had that in Sam Johnson. You had it in Pete Horn, but he wasn't quite the right fit. You've maybe potentially now got it in, in Cammy Redpath. But. I think particularly with like the sort of the seminal Finn Russell game when he like schooled Racing a couple of years ago. Like Dan Carter's on the pitch and you, you, you just swear sworn there was only one number ten on the pitch. <clears throat> Russell put in a put in a fantastic tackle on Camille Shah. You know, and that's like eighteen stone of no necked monster coming at you. And he and he, he put him to the deck. Well Russell Right, he's not a big lad, but we've seen him getting bigger since he's moved to France. He has his spatial awareness as such that he knows how to cover everything. And like we've often spoken about, Cami, is uh, you know when you look at stats, uh, maybe someone's got a missed tackle against their name, but their point wasn't to make the tackle; it was just more to get in the damn way. <laughs> or just bounce them off and then yeah. let somebody else come in, someone like Chris Harris to come in and nail nail the, the carrier. And that that was my entire point. And I think that particularly Finn is better at defending now than Adam Hastings. Adam Hastings will put his neck and body on the line to to tackle. Um, you know, he's not the biggest lads. Uh but you know, they'll they'll fill the gap. And a missed tackle by them is not the same as a missed tackle from a forward who then allows a line break, for example. If you yeah. look at Russell, Russ, Russell's work rate, just to finish that point, Russell's work rate when the tackle's made is so important. How many times have you seen Finn Russell get trapped in a tackle and not be able to get back into the line to reorganise? He's very, very good at get the man down, get round, get back in position, organise around him. He's he's, he's I don't know. Maybe he's just a slippery character and can get out of those. You know, he doesn't seem to get trapped in, which probably makes it easier for him to. You know, because Scotland were up for a long time thriving over that off, off that turnover ball, and turnover ball is completely and utterly useless if you if your playmaker is at the bottom of the ruck. Um, so you know, the, the, he has had to get good at that, and um, he does work very hard at it. So um, yeah. Well, we look at where he's been in the last couple of games. He's been, you know, when Scotland have been defended and receiving kicks in the backfield, it's been Hogg, Russell and uh, Ferguson, normally the back three to cover for the, the kicks. And that gives you a great option because then it doesn't matter who you kick. You know, obviously there's Ferguson, kick to Ferguson, he'll still take the ball. But if, if it's Russell or Hogg that catch it, then you've got two very good kickers. So to have those options and that ability to, and you know, to have players like that really good under a high ball, someone like Russell... And that's not natural. It's not not many tens can do that. It's more of a fullback kind of winger thing. But not many tens are good under a high ball in the way that he is. Yeah, but he he would just catch it and start juggling. Juggling, like, throw, me, throw me more balls. <laughs> we should, like, we like, should pro- probably at this point give a shout out. It was it was Ron Wilson 
who is our, our, our Dan Bigger uh, suggester. So I'm did sorry, Ron, Ron Wilson also then say that Duncan Weir is our Dan Bigger. He did, yeah. And then did he say that Duncan, maybe Yako's, um, Dougie Lowe says maybe Yako's the new Duncan Hodge. See, I can get on board with that. That's fine. I, I fully expect Jacko to be Edinburgh's attack coach uh, 12 years from now and Edinburgh's attack to be completely and utterly static for the 26th year in a row. Um, we, as, as it stands, we've still no update on the Xander Ferguson trial. The trial of the centuries. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm going to move on. I'm going the, to do, uh, the delivery driver is now two stops away, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's picked up a Wagamama's on the way. Um, oh, he's got a we're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to do. Well, I'm gonna, for my hands and luck, I'm going to play this this uh, jingle and not just to buy ourselves more time to see if we can find out the outcome <laughs> of the Zander's trial. It's the legally mandated lions chat. The legally mandated lions chat. We've heard so much about it that it makes us sick. But we've still got a chat about who Gatlin's gonna pay. Yeah, my hands in the rocks about the Lions. Um, there's been a lot of talk this week, especially with the lockdown easing announcements down south of the border about what's going to happen with the Lions. Australia apparently are going to pay and offer lots of money for the Lions to go over and play there, which seems utterly mad for reasons we've talked about before, like quarantining. 30 players and staff in a hotel for two weeks seems utterly unmanageable. Plus, on top of that, it's not just going to be Australia they'll play. They'll then presumably bring South Africa across and maybe a couple of provincial sides as well. So that seems completely unworkable to me. The other option that's being talked about, which really boiled my pee this week, um, was (laughs) the report in The Guardian that suggested that the Lions are looking at a home tour which is fine. I haven't got an issue with that. But they're 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 hoping the government will underwrite it, so that if it doesn't go ahead, they can cl- reclaim some money. Which, given that the Lions, in essence, is a massive vanity project anyway, just seems it's not the best use of government money right now to underwrite uh, the Lions. And I know you know we we come at this with kind of Scottish thistle-tinted glasses that the fact that the Reliance have done us over the last few years and all of that rubbish. But seriously, to you know, go to the government and say, look, we're going to have this massive, really some blokes in red trousers are going to come along and be able to sit in some corporate boxes and watch some, you know, a combined team play another combined team and, you know, some people have a nice day out and, so, and a, a small proportion of the population might watch on telly those that can afford to pay for the Sky subscription that will be on will watch it on the telly. And if it doesn't go ahead, can you please pay us a load of money? <laughs> just seems utterly ridiculous. I think the fact they've even thought about it, the fact they've even gone to the government to ask for that, it's just, I don't know, just it undermines the entire rugby values thing to me. Just, you know, at a time like this, shouldn't be going cap in hand to, to something that's not even going to go ahead. Scrap the whole thing, let it die. And yep. let's try again another four years. I mean, you could say that the opinions on this are oceans apart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, but the, I mean, the fact that people like guys who, I mean, the people who are proposing this, who are, you know, on six figure salaries or high, high five end figure salaries, 
pleading poverty just to try and make some more money out of it. It's so distasteful. Um, yeah. And you can, I mean, what time is it now? I mean, it's 10 to 10, but I know I'm not like spare. But yeah, <laughs> you can imagine what I'd suggest those people can go and do themselves, particularly as someone like me. Like I've, I've barely made any money over the last year just because I can't get much work as a freelancer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so if they're wanting a government subsidy, and I'm not allowed to claim any kind of government subsidy, despite the fact that been, you know, I've, I've paid my income tax from the ages of, well, I think I got my first job when I was 17. Um, I think overall between the ages of 17 and 38, I'd maybe been unemployed for a, 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 a amassed total of eight or nine months, and I've paid income tax all this time, and I'm not allowed any kind of sport, and then you've you've got these guys who make loads of money asking for it to be underwritten. Yeah, you can imagine what I'd like to go and do to these people. For, for what is it? It's like a jolly. That's, let's, let's be honest about the lines. Is it, like, at this stage, it's a it's a vanity project. It's a jolly in the current climate. It's not going to South Africa because South Africa's, you know, they're, they're, good, they're miles behind with a vaccination program. It's a huge risk to send people over there right now. It's. It might. I think as an outside bet, it might go to Australia from a commercial. I can see that from a commercial point of view, but it just seems a bit daft. That just that's ultimately all it's going to be. Like I, I, I'd seen someone talking about it in the context of the, actually in the context of the Scotland France game and it going ahead or not going ahead, and there was a lot of opinions about you know who would want it to go ahead, who wouldn't. Ultimately, it will come down to money, and if. Money says, if you know, if the big money people say we want this jolly, this colonial, colonial nonsense to go ahead, then they'll try their best to make it happen. If the government agree to that, it's just it's sickening. It's actually sickening. A victory for people in red trousers and barber jackets. That's what yeah. it'll be. They're see, called see, clicking like, them HQ. See, I. I I like the Lions tours because it is, it's like, see, when you're a kid and you're writing up, like, uh, you know, if you say, oh, like, do a, a Six Nations 15 or like, nah, a, yep. you know, I quite enjoy that aspect of it. But, and also like the fans, I mean, it, it seems like it'd be a great, great fun tour to go on. If, you've, if you're rich enough to go and afford to be able to go and like have a two month jolly away somewhere, sounds mint, all right? But the fact of the matter is, we're not in that situation right now, and also it's a massive health risk. So, okay. um, the, the thing I would, I think, if you're going to do it, if you go, if I was going to, if I had a blank sheet of paper and I said, right, given the current circumstances, what what would you, what would we do for this summer? I would think you do all or nothing, and to, to the benefit of everybody, let's all go over to Australia, right? Everybody, so, Southern Hemisphere teams, Northern Hemisphere teams. Everyone has a few games and they like organize a mini tournament. Everyone isolates, everyone plays, New get New Zealand over, get Argentina, get South Africa over. Everyone has a few games, and at the end of it, you put together a Lions versus the rest of the world thing yeah. to cap it all off. You could you could um, even make it even more interesting. You could have um I've seen someone suggesting as well you could you could do that and you could also have little sevens games. Yeah. So have 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 the actual union teams putting out seven sides to play against each other. Just make it a festival of rugby. The Summer the, Nations uh, Cup. Alan McDonald suggesting the Summer Nations Cup, which yeah. I quite like. Yeah. yeah. 
And we don't need the klaxon, Alan, because it's uh, hands in the ruck, mate. Hands in the ruck. We don't get the war klaxon out during hands no, in the ruck. No, no, no klaxons allowed. What if we do like a, a British and Irish and then a like France and South Africa select, and yeah. then a New Zealand, Australia, Pacific Island select, or New Zealand, yeah. Australia, and then Pacific Island select? A, a quad quad tour. You, you'll you'll have you'll have you'll have Daily Mail readers saying that the uh, New Zealand. New Zealand Pacific Islander select is just New Zealand, Ian. <laughs> and they'd be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, As well we know. So that's that's um, that's hands in the rock this week. There's no... Look, I think at this point we should call it. We're not going to get a decision on Xander Ferguson tonight. Xander's yeah. in his bed, tucked up tight with his bassoon. I think he plays bassoon. <laughs> he does play bassoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Sanders on the phone to someone in Bolivia trying to uh, arrange yeah, a deal. Political about. asylum? <laughs> <laughs> he's holed up in the Bolivian asylum in London and he's not coming out until he's allowed to play again. <laughs> Justice for Xander. <laughs> Xander leaks. <laughs> It's like Tommy and Goodfellas. It's going to be like Tommy and Goodfellas, isn't it? <laughs> Xander, could you come over to Dublin, please? We're going to make you. We're going to add you to the Hall of Fame. Oh, brilliant, guys. Youngest player ever in the Hall of Fame. You seen Xander recently? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the interesting thing, I think what I would say is at this stage, I'm you know, aware that by the time I even click publish on this podcast, it's going to be massively out of date, but it's taken a long time. I assume that's a good thing, yeah. um, like because it means they're going. Oh, they're well, seriously considering it, or it might just be that they're, they're trying to think of like the worst possible punishment. Like, like Xander now has to like wear an England top for every single match that he's missing. It's going to be, to be like when when uh, they they march um, Cersei through I'll the street and give him a throw. It's going to be like that. <laughs> and our shame. <laughs> Oh, and Xander's revenge will be fierce. <laughs> the um, yeah, I mean, some a couple of people pointed out that bans can get worse after appeals, so they are taking a bit of a gamble. I don't, I'm, I'm I mean, it'd be, I, th- I think with the appeals, we get the full judgments, so we get to see how everything's weighed up, we get to yeah. see the arguments are made, so it'd be quite interesting well, to see that because I don't know how you can argue against. I don't know how you can debate whether he hit him on the head because he hit him on the head, and that seems to be the entry point. What? I mean, like I said last week, like the main thing is, like, see if you just asked two lay people to look at the Omani incident and the Fagers incident, and you said, which one of these is worse? They would say it, it's the Omani one, because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, was it Thomas yeah. Francis? Yeah. yeah, Thomas Francis was, like, sat up in the rock, and Omani went in there and shoulder him right in right the arm. face. And it comes, yep. Yeah. Whereas Xander, you know, Hogg popped... Uh, when Jones up a wee touch just as Xander started entering. Right, fair enough, it was dangerous. But if you're trying to tell me that O'Mani's foul was lesser than Fagerson's, <laughs> you're, you're mad. Because um, it was worse. Um, and then just because Xander Fagerson had the, the gall to say, I don't think it was a red card, they gave him a further week. Um, yeah, it's, it's not fair. It's, it's unfair. Do you want to play a wee game, Ian, just before we finish? So you said earlier on that France has vastly more 
professional rugby players than Scotland, which is yes. obviously true. Um, would you? So Scotland has around. So in terms of registered rugby players, Scotland has around thir- thirty-eight thousand, doesn't it? Uh, so on this count, it's about fifty thousand. But yeah, I think that's including women. Um, that's including kids. That's is that from the scrum system? Uh, no idea, mate. I'm just taking this, but it's pretty much wacky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no facts here. France has approximately five hundred thousand registered players. Yeah. So t- about ten times the amount of players that yeah. we have. I mean, there's a guy called uh, Robert Reese who like rates for last word in rugby he'd done a, a whole thing about this yeah a wee while back and what he'd, he'd taken stats from world rugby which were three years old and also uh what did i don't i didn't understand the terminology of it because it said like registered players and then also sort of like registered members so it seems to be that anyone who is a registered member of a of a scottish rugby club is included right whereas the the scrum the scrum system, which is the SRU you've used for the last two years, um, I think it was around about 38, 40,000. Uh, but that also that included people who may have been double registered. Um, ah, nice. women, women and kids. And I was like, I was like, dude, where do you get these numbers from? Because these are completely <laughs> different from what so, I've... So I've actually only got 1,200 potential male players. <laughs> <laughs> And some of them are like fifty. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I was speaking to my plumber this week, and he plays league. And he was saying, he was kind of trapped through me to play masters." He said, "In the masters, you get coloured different coloured shorts in league. So if you're wearing gold shorts, you kind of get tackled." Yeah. And I said, "Oh, I quite fancy wearing the gold shorts then." And he said, "No, you have to be over 70. So I said, "Oh, yeah. maybe I'll have to take that off in a few years." And- <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a really good rugby club as well, uh, based based up in Scotland, Try Rugby, who I've played against a couple of times, and they're a, a, an inclusive rugby club. Um, and there's it's different scrum caps the 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 guys wear. So if there's a certain colour of scrum cap, you you have to tackle differently and stuff like that. But it's it's just an amazing amazing club and great uh, great stuff. So all this inclusion, this is off the off the very woke of us. Is and and within and within the uh, permittable walk window, exactly the walk window. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> um, I think we'll call it. We'll call it a night. There's going to be no updates on Xander. Like I said, under an hour and a half. Go go go. Everyone's everyone's tucked in. It's time for bed. We'll we'll get the Xander news tomorrow, and probably John and I, or whoever and whoever else might be about, might pick that up on the uh, the the only Finns podcast. We'll pick it up next week anyway. As well, um, we'll. I probably need to start on a work on a jingle for Xander Slander, and we'll make that a regular feature. Ian. <laughs> oh, the rumours I've heard. <laughs> Apparently, he, he was in Morrison's and took something from the, f- the like the fridge section, and then put it back in the fresh fruit and veg bit. What's that? I've, I've heard that he goes to the self-service salad section and overfills it. Ooh. I've heard he uses the self-checkouts and doesn't he pay for his bags? Oof. I used to do that with football stuff. <laughs> <laughs> See, in Scotland, I've qualified like, for a football tournament. Right. Now, a couple of years ago, I look, as a wee joke thing at work, I was like, right, tell you what, we'll buy football stickers and try and fill this album up. Um, so then I went to Sainsbury's and we'd use the self-serve till and I'd be like, one pack of stickers. Oh, it doesn't recognise one pack of stickers. 
What have I put four packs of stickers in? No more. Uh, yes. I mean, you, you realize, you know, Ian, before points. you get excited, you do realize that they give you those stickers and Sainsbury's for free. And if you've got kids, <laughs> oh. they just hand you as many packs as you want at the till. I don't have kids. You just have, to have to, kids. I, I used to give them four had kids. They said, are, are you know kids? I, they have some Are stickers. you now suggesting that I should go and kidnap children to go and. Like, you don't have to. You just have to say, you do, all you have to say is, I've got kids and they'll give you stuff. Xander Fagerson kidnaps kids to go and do football stickers. (laughs) You're overthinking it. They do not give you free football stickers. They do. They don't. Do they give you free stickers? If you go to the till at Sainsbury's, they normally give you the free stickers. The album, they get free and say, you you get the album and then they give you free stickers and free. No, you get like one free pack of stickers and you have to buy more. Like, you can't fill up a 800 player football. Album with free stickers. I don't. I'm yeah. gonna try. But I'm just saying. I normally they normally well, bung me a I couple have. of free packs. The, the, the cashiers normally bung me a couple oh, of free packs whenever I've done oh, them before. Oh, oh, you get it's because they know. Because they know they're like, oh, that's like Cami for that for that rugby podcast that uh, that you know slander Zander. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Cami getting his incidental 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 benefits of free. <laughs> I just, I just give. Do you know what it is? It's the raw sexual magnetism I give off at the till at Sainsbury's. That's why I get the extra stickers. Basically, me, same as me in Murrayfield toilets, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that is it from us for this week. We'll be back next week with a review of the France game. Uh, but for the meantime, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian and John. Night, folks. Ciao.